Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue in our preaching and teaching series through the book of Mark. Today's passage is one that's sure to get your attention. It's Mark chapter 3, verses 28 through 35. Now, I know I don't have your attention yet, but you've probably heard of the term unforgivable sin. And yes, it's a concept taught in the Bible, and it's in our passage this week. The passage starts with a reassurance that through faith in Jesus, all sins of men and women may be forgiven. But there is this one exception, and Jesus calls it an eternal sin, for which there is no forgiveness. Well, do you know what the unforgivable sin is? And are you maybe even concerned that there could be a chance you've committed it? Well, rest at ease. Pastor Jim will apply careful exposition of the passage in order to answer these and other questions. Here is today's slice of the message entitled, The Unforgivable Sin. So what then is this sin? Well, we know one thing for sure. It was being done that day by the Pharisees. They saw all the evidence that Jesus presented them. They'd been hearing him for almost three years now. They clearly understood what he was saying. They clearly saw his miraculous power. They heard the powerful preaching and the teaching, and they knew that he claimed to be the Messiah. They knew that he claimed to be God. They even took up stones to to throw at him because if he isn't God and he's claiming that he is, that's blasphemy. And according to the Old Testament, he needed to be stoned. And with all that background, all that information, they now stood up. They brought the talking points from headquarters in Jerusalem, from the Sanhedrin, and they proclaimed to anyone who would listen, anybody who asked them who Jesus was, they proclaimed that Jesus was empowered by the devil. That's the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Because it was the Holy Spirit who presented them with all that evidence. Like I said, they might not have understood Jesus the man if he just lectured about theology. They might even say something foolish or even irreverent or or demeaning about him, and that could all be forgiven, but they saw it all, heard it all, and said it was all by the power of Satan. So there was no hope for them. I love what was written by one of my all-time favorite Bible commentators, William Hendrickson. He's now with the Lord, so he's ironed out the one area that he wasn't right on. He's got that squared away now. Um, But listen to what he wrote about this passage, speaking of the Pharisees and the scribes and what they had done. He says, For penitence, they substitute hardening. For confession, plotting. 
Thus, by means of their own criminal and completely inexcusable callousness, they are dooming themselves. Their sin is unpardonable because they are unwilling to tread the path that leads to pardon. For a thief, an adulterer, and a murderer, there is hope. The message of the gospel may cause him to cry out, Oh, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. But when a man has become hardened so that he has made up his mind not to pay attention to the promptings of the Spirit, not even to listen to his pleading and warning voice, he has placed himself on the road that leads to perdition. That's pretty powerful. Now, what about the question, can someone today commit this sin? Jesus isn't here physically. We're not watching the miracles, but we have four inspired records of his life and countless records of the things that he did by the power of the Spirit. Well, let's see what the Scriptures answer to that. Let's, let's move ahead to when the apostles were fading from the scene. If we go to the book of Hebrews, a wonderful book. We studied it some years ago. Uh, by the name Hebrews, you know it was written to Jews, Jews who had believed in Christ or at least professed faith in Christ. And it's a fantastic theological treatise. It's the most uh, classically written book of the whole New Testament. And embedded in it are five warning sections. Like he tells you a certain amount of theology and then he stops and he says, guys, are you hearing this? Do you get this? Don't miss this. Don't slip past this. Do you truly believe? That's what the five warning sections are. One of them is in part Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26 through 27. Now, the writer of Hebrews is talking about um, people who had uh, heard the gospel through those who had witnessed what Jesus did. In other words, this is a second generation of believers. These are, these are not necessarily the people who had seen Jesus do these things. Some of them might have been, but he's talking to people who had heard about Jesus from the ones who had seen. That would be people like you and me. We've heard about it from Matthew and Mark and Luke and, and John. All right, Hebrews 10, 26 and 27. He says, For if we go on sinning willfully... After receiving the knowledge of the truth, <coughs> there, re, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain terrifying expectation of judgment and the fury of a fire which will consume the adversaries. In other words, he's saying, guys, if you've heard all of this, if you've even professed to follow Christ, even if you've become part of the fellowship and you are going on sinning willfully, there's nothing more we can say. There is no more sacrifice for sins because there's only one. It's Christ or nothing. So if you won't accept what Jesus did for your sins, 
there's no other source that can save you. So if you can hear the gospel, say you believe the gospel, and go on sinning willfully, what are we going to say? Or there's, <coughs> excuse me, there's Hebrews chapter 6, verse 6. And that's in a, a longer context. I would commend you to the uh, study of that when we study the book of Hebrews. But Hebrews 6.6 6 describes people who have come to understand all that there is to know about Christianity. They've even seen it firsthand within the fellowship of the church. It says this, And then have fallen away. It is impossible to renew them again to repentance since they again crucify to themselves the Son of God and put Him to open shame. What's he saying? He's saying if you've seen it all, heard it all, seen the transformed lives of the people, and you can walk away from that, you're just like the people who were, after they had seen everything Jesus did and said, who were shouting, crucify Him. You are essentially one of the crucifiers. The person that this passage, Hebrews 6, again Hebrews 10, uh, the person this passage describes in today's world would be one that we call an apostate. The, the two words fallen away in Hebrews chapter 6 are the words from, are, are the word, uh, comes from the Greek word that we get our word apostate from, to, to fall away from. That's the person who not only hears the gospel, he or she professes to believe in Christ, becomes part of the fellowship of the church, but eventually walks away and says, Jesus is not who He claims to be. And there are people who may wander and then be horribly convicted, and they come back. Well, that's because the Bible is true. Whom the Lord loves, He chastens. <coughs> if you are His child... He will discipline you to bring you back. But if you can walk away and then say that Christianity is just, uh, you know, it, it, it works for some people. It, it, it's a good philosophy of life. Some people are Buddhists. Some are Catholics. Some are Muslims. You know, it, it, what, whatever works for you. Or you say it's all a fraud. That's the one who has committed the unforgivable sin. Because if you know the one way of salvation and you make a final rejection of it, what else is going to happen? Now there's one more wrinkle to this. And then we're going to be ready for some crucial new stuff that's coming in Mark chapter 4. You're going to, don't miss Mark chapter 4. It's going to be really good. But before we get there, let's finish chapter 3. Jesus has spoken of the eternal sin which damns, and now he's going to wrap up this little bit of teaching by talking about the eternal family of the saved. Now remember what we'd said. Jesus's half-brothers, the unbelieving half-brothers, had come to Capernaum to try to rescue Jesus from himself and his own fame. Their mother came along, surely not in unbelief, but I doubt she could resist coming to see what was going to happen. And look what Jesus says about this. Remember, he's, he's in a crush of a crowd. Mark 3, 31 and 32. 
Then his mother and his brothers arrived. We'd already been told that they were saying he's lost his senses. We're going to go get him. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.